Fantasy managers, hello and welcome back to the FPL Addicts Game Week 3 preview podcast show powered by Esports Live and sponsored by Bonus Bank. If you're new around here, make sure you're giving the podcast some love with a like, rating or review as well as a subscription and we'll get right into it today. Boys don't have anything to talk about so we can start talking about the important stuff, FPL and the Premier League football in general. Joining me today is Ollie and Mikey and we're expecting Reedy to be along just shortly as Mikey was saying. He's got... um quite a high XS. Uh, his expected sleeps are a little bit higher today than usual. So it's uh, it's classic Reedy, but he will be joining us shortly. And uh, Jack and Charlie can't be with us today, but Charlie has filmed his review for his team and you'll still get uh, Captain's Corner with Chaz. So you still get your fix of CC on your Friday morning or Friday evening podcast, wherever you are listening or watching along in the world. So boys, Premier League is going to be back for game week three this weekend. There's been a lot a lot that happened in game week two. You know, some people played their wild cards. Some people brought in Darwin Nunes. Didn't turn out too well for certain people. Um, but there's been a lot of things that have shaken up how people are going to, you know, move forward with in FPL. So a man who did bring in Darwin Nunes is uh, the FPL Reverend Mikey. And uh, Mikey, I just want your reaction to, to that headbutt. Mate, uh, I think it just goes to show how much of an unpredictable game uh, fancy Premier League really is, you know. Um, we can try our best looking our at our statistics. We can look at Darwin, even though he was on the pitch game week one. We saw he got one goal, he got one assist. Also, his expected data was off the charts. You know, we've talked about Reedy's expected sleeps. Um, what about um, Darwin's XR, which is the expectation that he'll get absolutely rattled by Anderson? <laughs> For the whole game, I'm not sure if anyone's seen that video where he's just basically getting wound the, the whole game. I saw the tweet. Brilliant. All culminated in a head in a headbutt. I was watching the game, and I was thinking that Darwin wasn't going to score, even though he was getting chance after chance. And I saw him; he was getting wound up. I saw the defender in his ear the whole game, and it looked inevitable, unfortunately. But that's that's FPL. Sometimes, sometimes you can make a decision based off some of the best data. Um, and, you know, the, the thing is, if Darwin was starting, we were all um, really happy if we had him. We were afraid of him if we didn't have him. And then, you know, that goes and happens. And But hopefully he's learned his lesson. And so have I. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, good morning to you, Tiffany, FPL Firefly. Great to see you in the chat again. Uh, familiar face to the podcast and everyone on there. So great to see you there. And, um, you know, Darwin Nunes, what a welcome to the Premier League. You know, scores on his debut and then gets sent off in his first home game at Anfield. Doesn't really get a more hectic start than that. Um, Ollie, you've written an article this week, uh, your first one of the season so far, about replacements for Leon Bailey at 5 million. If you haven't already, check down below you'll find a link to the articles on the uh, the sports mate app it's an absolutely brilliant read and especially if you've got leon bailey in your team which a lot of people do so ollie do you just want to sort of reel off your your best replacements you think for leon bailey yeah it's a, a bit of a mini captain's call without the captains in it i'm trying to be the chaz impersonator i don't know how good a job i'm going to do at that um go your hair I'm... out first mate yeah yeah, get a better yeah. yeah. maybe <laughs> not um but um, I had Leon Bailey myself um, in game week two, and I just thought, you know what, it's time to, to cut my losses. Only two weeks, so I wasn't really affected that much, but I, I wanted a better option. The three that I sort of picked out, I had a few that I sort of had a look, a look at, and I thought, do I want to go with it? Do I not? 
Um, but I've gone with three. I've gone with Joshua De Silva, which was my transfer in, my choice instead of Leon Bailey. Uh, just with the fact he's cheap, he's just risen to 4.6. So uh, you may well have missed, missed out on that price rise. I think that I got him in at 4.6. can't actually remember. Uh, but he's got two goals over this season. I had a look. He's expected goals so far this season, like something like 0.06 or 0.08. And he's got two goals off the back of that. One that was a belter. And one that David De Gea just went to sleep, didn't he? He's done a reading, gone to sleep. Um, but at the end of the day, two goals is two goals. Um, and at the end of the day, you know, it's not one of those where you just, when you open the app and you go down to the fixture, you see your goals, the silver. It doesn't show a replay of the goal. It just shows that he scored. And he's getting himself into good positions. Um, the one knock that I did have on him, though, was the fact that he's not got as many minutes as some of the players. Obviously, he's been subbed on and subbed off so far this season. And with Mikel Damsgaard coming in, plays in a similar position, there might be potential in, uh, issues with his minutes. But if you want him as a bench player, as I do long-term, I think he's fine. Um, I chatted to a few uni mates about it, and they said Kean and Dewsbury Hall was an option, um, if I could speak. Um, I really liked him at Luton when I saw him in the Championship. Obviously, being a Rovers fan, I've watched a fair bit of that division, and he played all right against us when we came up against him. Um, good player. I was surprised to see that the goal he scored recently uh, was only his second goal in this last two seasons. So he's already matched his goal tally from last season, which is a bit of a problem. But I think he may well increase his minutes this season. If he can bet himself in a bit more, he may well increase that goal tally a fair bit. So I like him as a shout. Um, and the third one, Rodrigo. Um, the only reason why I didn't go with Rodrigo is that I had other transfer plans and I didn't want to take a hit to uh, to save a million. I didn't really want to save a million anywhere. But if you feel like you want to save a million... Or you've got no other transfer plans. Rodrigo's a good shout. Currently the top scorer in FPL, ahead of the likes of Salah and De Bruyne and, and Kane and Haaland and whoever else. He's got uh, the most points across any position, across any price. So they were the three that I sort of picked out. There's probably plenty more that you could pick. I mean, Nottingham Forest have signed about 20 million players, so you can go with one of them as well. Um but, but they were the three that I sort of picked out. But yeah, I went with the silver in the end. Yeah, man. I, I think Rodrigo's a great shout. Um, I think obviously he does play Chelsea next, which is maybe what's putting some people off. But after that, Leeds' run of fixtures look absolutely incredible. But I also think as well with Rodrigo, the fact that he is listed as a midfielder is an absolute crime. Like, So we know yeah. he's going to be getting the extra clean sheet points in on the rare occasion that... Um, you know, Leeds do manage to pick up a, a clean sheet. He's going to get the extra point for the goal as well. So, um, also with Bamford out, uh, I think Rodrigo is looking like um, Leeds' main man yeah. up front, the main focal point of their attack. So, you know, it's going to be great. And now, speaking of the main man, he has risen indeed. <laughs> Here he is. It's Mr. Reedy. Welcome, dude. <laughs> Reedy, how you doing, mate? Good morning, fellas. Well, well, good evening, I should say, to you two boys in uh, in Australia. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm doing okay, doing well. Friday's here, you know, so um, that that that's always going to be a good thing. And and the footy's nearly back, so um, yeah, uh, th there's things obviously we're going to talk about from last week that maybe me and Mikey um, might experience or have experienced a bit of pain on that. But it is what it is. We're grown men. We have to accept our decisions and we move forward. That's the way it is. So, yeah, I'm good. I'm good, mate. How are so you? much pain. So much pain. 
<laughs> you can hear it in his voice. You can absolutely hear it. Uh, good to see we're getting so many questions and comments in the live chat. If you are joining us live, get as many questions and comments in as you possibly can, and we'll do our absolute best to get to them. This was Chris when he was talking when you were talking about Damsgaard and De Silva, Ollie. They've got a great run of fixtures to Brentford, um, and that was actually my next topic that I wanted to talk about, boys. So, Chris, that is what's known as a segue in radio, and you have really assisted me there. So, you get your three FPL points for that. Brentford have got an absolutely glorious set of fixtures, boys. There's going to be a lot of people bringing in Tony, De Silva, Damsgaard, um, you know, Rico Henry, David Raya, all these sorts of players because their fixtures are absolutely brilliant. Reedy, a Brentford a team that you think that people should be really focusing and targeting now? Hundred um, percent. Don't see why not. As you've as you as you've just mentioned, there the fixtures look fantastic. Um, they've started really, really well. Um, people are giving them a little bit of a, what's the word, sort of a, um, a free pass because the no yeah. free free pass because of the United game. People aren't really sort of counting that. But I mean, to beat to beat United four 0 even as bad as United are, um, it is still some achievements, uh, especially when people were were writing them off because Eriksson's left and gone to United. So would Tony be able to to sort of? Do what he did last season, um, but they certainly don't don't look shy of being a, a fantastic team uh, this year. So, yeah, fixture wise, they look brilliant. Um, so I think assets like you know, um, Tony De Silva has been mentioned. Even Jensen, who's not probably been mentioned by people, uh, who did really really well in the in their last game. So you've definitely got to uh, have Brentford players on the radar. They've got Fulham away next. Um, and then the next two after that, I'm afraid, Mikey, are Everton. And uh, and then it's Palace away, which is slightly trickier because obviously Palace are a pretty decent team. It's the toughest fixture they... in the league, that. <laughs> yeah, you will win that. FDR 5, that. FDR 5. So, yeah, I, I don't see why not. I mean, yeah, so, some really great value players as well, don't forget. Um, you know, so 7 mil for Tony, but then... Below that, there's there's a fantastic choice of players that you can that you can pick from. Yeah, I love the fact that uh, Jack isn't here, and already there's been several pops at Man United. So uh, let's just keep them going. Uh, anything to take the focus away from the fact that Everton have lost their first first two games. You know, I'm well, more than happy. To... <laughs> if there's anything worse than losing your first two games, it's losing at home to Brighton and losing four 0 away to Brentford. So you can take that. Oof. So, so we will be saying we'll be giving it more, I reckon, if Jack was here and he deserves it. That's why he's not on the podcast today. He's still crying from the weekend, I hear. So, yeah, his head's in his cereal bowl and he's still got tears dripping down his eyes saying, oh, Ronaldo's going to score 20 this season. It's going to be fine. But it's not looking good for Man United and it's not going to get any easier for them because their fixtures coming up. We just talked about Brentford and how nice their fixtures are. You know, teams like Man United, Aston Villa, Newcastle have got some difficult fixtures coming up and they're sort of three teams that I'd had highlighted. So, yeah, it's only going to get worse for Man United, I think, at this point. And they've had two fairly, not not easy, but two fairly capable fixtures to get points in their opening two and they haven't managed to. So, avoid Man United assets at all costs is, uh, is always, you know, what we say uh, in FPL. And, yeah, the sorts of, you know, Aston Villa also just mentioned... You know, they're not really doing too well to start the season. Um, they look leaky. A lot of people go with Aston Villa defenders usually. Um, I would sort of say for Villa, you know, stick with the attackers. You know, go with Watkins, go with Ings. They've both been brilliant to start the season so far and they've rewarded their managers. Uh, and then for Newcastle assets, who I'd also mentioned, I'd just wait until, you know, we've got Man City, then Palace, then Liverpool, which are three quite difficult fixtures coming up. So I'd just wait 
um, you know, until the, the green fixtures start flourishing a little bit more like Brentford. Um, and then you can sort of go with those assets again, the Trippiers, the Wilsons, the Dan Burns, the Fabian Shars, if you really want to, you know, dip your toes into that. So just hold off with those sorts of three teams at the minute of three that I've highlighted. Uh, and then you can go back to them and, you know, sort of pick them again when their fixtures are a little bit nicer. Mikey, what other teams do you sort of think at the minute have some really nice fixtures though? At the minute, I, I think um, Spurs fixtures after the first couple of games are looking um quite good i think um it's one of the reasons why this week i may be on a certain sir harold kane and um, but we'll m- more on that later so i think definitely having a spares attacker is something that we can look at because i think some people were kind of put off them after their first two fixtures i think you know people were almond and iron over that chelsea fixture especially but after that, um, you know, they're looking quite good. I think one of the things that are maybe putting us off some of the um, more key spares assets is their minutes at the moment because we're, we're unsure still about what Perisic is doing. And um, he's tempting, very tempting indeed. The fact that he came on and took corners with both feet was so naughty on either side of the pitch. So you can see the assists coming in there from corners. So, yeah, really um, looking forward to having spares assets. I think Chelsea also have incredible, incredible fixtures. So if you're not on um, some of the Chelsea defence, I I would definitely recommend that. um, One of the few positives that I was able to take from a wild card was the fact that I do have Reese James in my team. And um, I was on an hour and about getting him in. I was... um, a bit concerned because of you know Chelsea's defence in pre-season. They were looking leaky, but you know Reese James there with the obvious reminder that we don't bring in these Chelsea wing backs for their defensive returns, but for their offensive returns. So yeah, yeah, absolutely. And Chelsea, you know, a team that the fixtures are getting a lot greener for now. As you've said, a lot of people turned away by the you know conceding four in pre-season to Arsenal, but they do look to be doing the goods. Uh, this season, once again, in the Premier League. It's good to see you in the live chat, Demo. And we've got a question from Tiff, and I'll go to you for this one, Reedy, because you know absolutely everything about absolutely everyone. How close is Sinistera to being ready for Leeds? Um, well, well, obviously, in terms of his, his injury, it was a big concern. You know, when, when he was forced off during the Leeds um, draw against Crystal Palace, um, he was basically taken off with a, with a hamstring injury. Um, so he could return for his competitive uh, debut against Chelsea on August 21st. So, you know, this weekend. Um, so that's when basically you, you look at him potentially coming back. I mean, I wouldn't get him in just yet. It is a risk putting him in this week for this weekend's fixture. It's a tough one for, for Leeds, obviously. Um, and, you know, we don't know how, how fit he actually is to, to feature, to whether, he, you know, whether he can start and so on. Um but he's looking very good and he's getting closer and closer to top speed. So, you know, you'd have to assume that, you know, um, he'll, he'll have been in training this week and Leeds uh, will be hopeful, um, you know, that he'll be available for the weekend. So, yeah, that's that's the kind of update on him at the moment. Um, but I wouldn't, as I say, I wouldn't jump in for him just yet. I'd, I'd potentially wait till, um, till Leeds play Chelsea. And then after that, um, it's sort of, you can look at getting him in then. Yeah, and the one thing that I sort of thought when I did the, the research, the article, uh, when I looked at Rodrigo is his versatility across his career has been unreal. He's played, you know, I think Transfer Marked listed it as a second striker role 
for Leeds. And I haven't watched a lot of Leeds so far this season. But he's played... Lucky you. He's played <laughs> he plays as a bona fide 10 as well. He's played on the left and on the right as well as, as through the middle. So he can play anywhere across the front three and as a 10. So it just shows that even if Sinistera does come in, Rodrigo, you know, I don't think that Sinistera will be playing as a 10. But it just shows that if Jesse Marsh wanted to be fluid, you could push Rodrigo out to the left or to the right or wherever to fit someone in, to fit someone like Sinistera in possibly. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how... Uh, yeah, how that I mean, goes. at 6.5, it, it's... It's 6.5, isn't he? So he's 0.5 more than Rodrigo. So you've got to kind of weigh it up really on what's, what's the better option out of the two. Most people would say, um, based on what you've said there, Ollie, with, with um, Rodrigo's versatility, that maybe he's he's probably the better pick, especially while Bamford's out. So, yeah, it's one to keep an eye on, as I say. It's one to monitor. Uh, I'm re- I was really excited to see Sinister play um, in the Premier League. So it was unfortunate he got that injury. Um, so I, I am looking forward to when he's back and seeing what he's about. And, you know, that sort of... That pacey winger, um, especially with them losing Rafinha, who we know how how much quality he had. Um, so yeah, yeah, absolutely. I'm I'm glad we got you boys here because about as much as I know about Sinister is that he's got a quick card on FIFA, and that's where the extent of my knowledge goes with him. So fingers crossed, uh, you know, he can turn out to be a good asset, and we can learn a little bit more about him other than the fact that he can run uh, quite quickly. But we'll just have to see, Mikey. The thremium, you've talked about it so much this season already. The one EM, the thremium. Oh, bro. What is the way to go this season? Do you have any sort of idea? <laughs> we're, th- we're three game weeks in now. Do you still know which way managers should be going? I can't believe it. Like, <laughs> oh, it's embarrassing, especially after I chatted so much wham about the freemium in pre season. And I, and I think um, it just goes to show that FPL is a game where you just have to. Re- react. <laughs> We've got IBK in the chat saying disaster meme, <laughs> <laughs> and and I think that's one of the things. Like you, can, you only really end up there if you've had a disaster, like I have, which is, you know, you, you've um one of your one one of your players has had the red card, and so yeah, um, I, I have ended up on a three meme, um, the because um. Darwin got that red card. And also Bowen, by the way, who I had on my wild card, Bowen looked terrible. He obviously the looked naughty, a little... naughty yeah, transfer, it, it, as it, you described it. I know, and it was all set to be quite good. And then against Nottingham Forest, he was just absolutely absent. Just so, to make you feel I, even worse, Mike, oh, yeah. he, scored, he scored a great goal last night, Bowen. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> Antonio and the, uh, the new man, well, Skanaka, yeah. I think his name is, they all scored. So definitely yeah. three people to look out for. Because I do I do agree, like the Bowen pick might just be the wrong timing. Maybe he needs to find his feet a little bit this yeah. season. But if he, if he gets firing, and I'm sure he will, he will be a fantastic yeah. asset. And so the thing, the thing about Darwin is that I was looking at assets below his price range. And I was thinking, like, there was nothing that really excited me. So I, th- I feel like, you know, some people have gone for Tony. And some people have downgraded, downgraded their Darwin to Mitrovic. And I just wasn't I just wasn't feeling that. And so I had a look at the check. And I saw that, um, I, you know, I, I thought, who can I get if I downgrade Bowen? Let's just say, hypothetically. So I looked at Bowen to Rodrigo and then I had the if I did that I had the exact amount of funds needed to go Darwin 
to Harry Kane. And those two players aren't exactly terrible. <laughs> so I thought, you know what, I'll catch the price rise. And then, um, you know, just just go for it. Ultimately, like as much as I hate the fact that I'm on a premium, sometimes in FPL, you just have to react to the situation that's given in front of you. In a few game weeks time, I can always downgrade Harry Kane again to someone like Darwin and then upgrade my defence. For example, but yeah, it hurts, Elliot. Thanks for bringing it up. Yeah, <laughs> you know, it's been such a, a big part of our discussion on the podcast so far this season. Yeah. Is you know, how many premium assets do you need in your team? Uh, Tiff's just said that she's still got her premium, she's got Harlan, Salah, and KDB, which I think is three fairly good players to have in your team at this point. Uh, quack, quack, back to you, FPL Rubber Ducky. Great to see you in the chat once again. Um, and he's just asked about your wild cards, boys. We'll touch on that in just a little bit. We will touch on their wild cards because, uh, spoiler alert, it didn't go according to plan for a few players in their teams. Uh, certain Darwin Nunes might have caused a few issues for them both, but we will get onto that just a little bit later. Ollie, Erling Haaland or Harry Kane was a massive debate going into the season. It's been a massive debate after game week one, and it's now a massive debate after game week two as well. You're someone who I believe has taken Harry Kane out of your team for Erling Haaland, despite him scoring. So you back Erling Haaland more than Harry Kane so far this season? I do. Um, I do. And I, I, you know, I went with Kane because of really was a bad game, one bad game from Haaland. And I had Haaland all the way through preseason and fluffed it. Um, and I saw in game week one how much um, Haaland can can stuff over teams that don't have him or people that don't have him. Um, and his, his, the one reason why I wanted Haaland the whole time was because of his ownership. And I knew that if I didn't have him, he was going to make me pay for it. And what did he do in game week one? He made me pay for it. Um, and so the plan was, as soon as I could, as soon as game week two happened, my plan was to always transfer from Kane to Haaland. Now, I was awake watching that game. Rovers had just played, so I stayed up a little bit later and watched the second half of Tottenham-Chelsea. And Kane looked pretty average, to be honest. He looked really absent. And the one chance that he did get before his goal, he fluffed, um, which you'd expect him to take that. Um, but otherwise, you know, we watched I watched Tottenham play the first time around, a fair bit of that game, and he dropped deep. And he was, you know, playing more as a midfielder rather than the number nine we know him as. Um, and so... I went to Haaland. Um, I had it. I had the, the transfer ready in the 92nd minute of that game when it was still 2-1. Um, and I had a little bit of a debate after the goal. I'm like, should I transfer him out? I'm like, yeah, I've got to stick to my guns. I've got to stick to the plan. So I've gone with Haaland this week. Pretty good fixture. Uh, but I mean, United, uh, um, sorry, I should say that Liverpool have got the new Norwich in Man United in the league this weekend. So I've got the armband on Salah as it stands, but it's going to be between Salah and Haaland as who I give the armband to. Yeah, I think it's an interesting one. And Rabadaki's just said in the chat that you could only do the Haaland Kane transfer one more time and get away with it pretty much. Because I think, you know, we're going to see Haaland just keep rising and rising. And Kane, you know, we're not too sure what's going to happen with him. He's had a, an interesting start to the season, only two game weeks in, obviously. So we're not going to read into it too much. But um, it's definitely safe to say that Haaland has been the one impressing just that little bit more, I think, so far. But very interesting from you there, Ollie. And we will obviously touch on the transfers or transfer that you have made this week. Um, but a very proactive move, you know, waiting for that full time we sort of go, making sure Harry Kane doesn't hobble off with anything. Uh, we know he's very, very injury prone at times. So a very, very proactive move. Um, and yeah, obviously what you think is going to be best for your team. So we'll move on. Sorry, if we'd have hobbled off it, it made my job easier. 
definitely because no you would, would have gone straight to Haaland. Oh, there's a chance for that anyway. <laughs> Absolutely. You were waiting for nothing. You could have just made it at any time, you know, but it didn't, doesn't matter in the end because he is the man who is going to be in your team uh, next week and it is not going to be likely that it is going to be Harry Kane unless you transfer him back in. If you hear that Haaland has a little injury, but we don't know what's going to happen. Fingers crossed, not trying to put anything into the universe as someone that doesn't own Haaland and still doesn't by game week three, but um, we'll just have to see. We will move on because we have got the probabilities for clean sheets and goals uh, by Bonus Bank. If you haven't heard already, Bonus Bank have launched a free tool this season, which is going to help everyone with their FPL mini leagues. The tool displays the probabilities of clean sheets uh, of each team and which players are the most likely to score for them as well. It's obviously useful in determining which defenders to bring in and helps with your captain choices and which midfielders and attackers to bring in as well. So for this week, the top three teams with clean sheet probabilities. In second, we've got Man City with a 43% chance of keeping a clean sheet away at Newcastle. And then in joint first, we've got both Arsenal and Tottenham. Arsenal play Bournemouth and Tottenham play Wolves, and they are both a 48% chance uh, of keeping a clean sheet, according to bonus banks. So get your Man City, your Tottenham, and your Arsenal defenders in if you're a stat man like the FPL Reverend himself sitting at the top right of the screen there. We know that he likes to use this tool every single week. He gets his hands on every single bit of data that he possibly can. So he's waiting for the three players that are most likely to score. And it's people that we've already talked about on the podcast already. In third is Mohamed Salah. He's got a fixture against Man United. He's got a 41% chance of scoring against them. Uh, Harry Kane is in second with a 48% chance of scoring against Wolves. And Haaland is the number one pick for this week. I have a feeling we're going to see those three names a lot this season uh, in this section. And he has a 53% chance of scoring against Newcastle. So, Mikey, what do you make of the stats for this week? Do you sort of agree with uh, what the the, uh, the the generators picked out? Yeah, I, I think... Um... As with stats, uh, I think it's always good to see what the sample size of the data is is being picked up on. So a lot of that stuff is historic. I think um, obviously whilst those stats are great, what I do um, think about, and, and I think you, you might uh, appreciate this, is I think that maybe Newcastle could be a slightly better team than the stats are making out just because of um, recency and their current run of form they they are currently the fourth best defense in the leagues in 2002 uh, 2022 and um, in terms of goals conceded so you know they are looking really good and i think that um holland who is adapting to a new league as well which is you know something that stats can't pick up as much as a love of stats there are certain things that stats can't pick up so, you know, hopefully if you're a Newcastle fan, um, you might fancy yourself um, against that Man City side. Uh, also, another thing that stats don't pick up is the fact that Man City historically struggle um, at St. James's Park. You know, they, it, is, it is one of those bogey fixtures for them. So, yeah, definitely rely on, on the stats and I think that they're great. But there are certain things that stats can't measure and I think Newcastle are one of those teams right now which which could be a lot better than we're giving them credit for. 
Ooh, liking everything that the Reverend's saying there. It's music to my ears, what you're saying. He's given me hope for a, a Newcastle result this weekend. So I was going to let you keep talking for as long as you wanted there, but we do have to cut you off because we've got a fair bit still to get through today. Uh, Sandwich Podcast is asking what your team is saying, Reedy. So it won't be too long. We're going to go into how our teams went next and talk about our transfers. And Josh, who's a, an absolute legend of the FPL Addicts community, says he was just a couple points off the manager of the week for this week, which is very unlucky. But like before, it does segue me perfectly into the uh, the manager of the week this week. So it's Lockie Nixon. Uh, he hauled 85 points this week, which is a brilliant score. Uh, I think the average was around high 50s, so well above the average there. And he earns himself the 40 Aussie dollar cash prize pool for this week. So congratulations to you, Lockie. And uh, we'll hope to see you on the podcast at some point soon because you're doing quite well at the start of the season. I was checking the leagues. Uh, so we'd love to get you on the podcast as soon as possible. And don't forget, for everyone out there listening or watching along, you can still enter our mini leagues. Um, in the description down below, we'll give you all the information you need. Or you can head to fpladdicts.com.au, which will have a link which can help you quickly register and the details of the uh, the paid or the members leagues we're calling it this season and all the information about all the prizes as well. Um, elsewhere in our competitions, in our public league, uh, Andrew Murno still sits on top with a big haul of 91 points. So if you thought 85 was big, 91, just nine points off the century mark there. In the Women's League, Mira from Canberra hauled 84 points this week and sits in first place. And then in the head-to-head, the admin still sits on top of the ladder in our League of 16. So a lot to play for in all those leagues. And definitely they're, uh, they're spicing up towards the start of the season so far. But everyone wants to know how we went last week, boys, and what we're doing for this week. That's the important part of the podcast. So we'll start with you, Mikey. Uh, I'll bring your team up on screen now. And, you know, you can sort of explain how well or poor your wild card went, in your opinion. Yeah, so um, obviously that big uh, red Dorito of death there is on Darwin as um, one of the main reasons for wildcarding um, in Darwin Nunes. Experienced the old red card. So that wasn't great. It was um, disappointing to see Trent Alexander-Arnold blank again. Um, Obviously, um, (laughs) a couple of things went wrong as well at the back with... With Saliba, you know, um, an own goal. goal. It was an own goal. Um, So, you know, it was just absolutely wild to have that. And then um, Jarrah Bowen looked absent against a decent looking uh, Nottingham Forest side. So, we've tried to remedy the situation, we've tried to remedy it. And um, so if we look at my team here, um, we've been forced to take Darwin out, obviously, because um, having nine mil sat on your bench is not good at all. Um, so we brought in Harry Kane because I didn't like the options below him. I'm not sure I'm a massive fan of Brentford. They, unfortunately, they don't get to play Man United every week and take pot shots at, at David De Gea, who was shocking. Um, and so, and so, you know, I wasn't really feeling Tony and, um, you know, I was going to give Bowen one more week, but obviously the red card has dictated and, and forced my hand to do something a bit drastic. So we've got Rodrigo here and we've got Kane for Bowen and, uh, Darwin. So yeah, the team not looking so weak because of the fact, just because of the fact that it's on a freemium. 
but at the same time, um, you know, either Haaland or Kane can become Nunes again, or even someone like Jota, by the way, because like let's not forget that he exists when he comes back from from injury, and then um, I can upgrade some of those defenders or perhaps even a goalkeeper. Um, but yeah, thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that, I could just tell how difficult that was for you to uh, it's you know, horrible, explain, explain your choices. Uh, Ollie, I'll let you give your thoughts on the Reverend's uh, re reevaluated scraps from his wild card in game week two. I don't think his wild card was actually a bad team. Um, so he just got really unlucky with the with the Darwin Nunez stuff that we talked about. Um, obviously, we we said off air, didn't we, that um, you can't predict stuff like that. You can't predict. Joachim Anderson absolutely playing a number on Darwin. He how good was that from him? From a defensive point of view, from Palace point of view, he absolutely played it to a T. Um, and Nunez has reacted. He was so good in game week one. I was even thinking about maybe bringing him in. Um, so it's not a bad move. Neither was Jared Bowen for mine. He's not a great start to the season, but you know we've seen what he's done in the past in a Claret and blue shirt. Um, but to the recovery from that isn't too bad. I like the Rodrigo move, even with a tough fixture this week. And to bring in Harry Kane, again, I've just transferred him out. So hopefully, I hope that this week at least he does really, really poorly just to justify my decision. Um, but I, I, I like the recovery, to be honest. Yeah. yeah. It's so funny, the fact that I've um, chatted so much rubbish about freemium, because one of the things that I was saying pre-season was, oh, you can only captain one player. You can only captain one player. And yet here in my team, I've got three premium assets and the armband is on Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's all gone wrong. It's all gone wrong. Yeah, I was going to say, if, well, we, if we had yeah. shown you this team before the season and said, this is what your team's going to look like in game week yeah. three, I don't think you'd be too happy, Mikey. I'd, I'd have thrown myself into the river, Mersey, mate. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so it is going to be but, a, yeah, a negative FPL. four from you this week, isn't yeah. it? It's going to be a yeah. hit. Yeah, FPL rubber ducky with and uh, there with the with the consolation there saying FPL can be so cruel. TT, there much love, my friend. I'll be back, priest. Yeah, you know, like Arnie, I will be back. And all the love, you're getting all the yeah. love in the chat, yeah. Mikey. Just unlucky. I, I think that's that's one of the things is is like there are certain things that you just can't predict. And so you know, I adapt, I move, I get on with it. We bring in Harold. We have three premiums in, and then I, I put my faith in Jesus. <laughs> See what happens. <laughs> Absolutely. You know, if, if you're not going to put your faith in Jesus, then I think you're doing the wrong thing because of your, your real-life profession and the other uh, title as the FPL Reverend as well. So really excited to see how you go uh, this week, Mikey. I think you've got a brilliant team uh, on paper. So fingers crossed this week uh, they can do a little bit more from you and there's going to be no red cards or own goals. We'll keep our fingers crossed. And we'll move on to your team, Reedy, uh, and see how you manage to get on in game week two. So take us through your team. Yeah, well, the good thing about Mikey taking so long and um, you know sounding so 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 in so much pain about his wild card is uh, I pretty much had a very very similar team. So he's done me he's done me a favour there. Really, I don't really need to kind of say too much because you know Darwin's the standout. So Saliba. So um, yeah, I mean Jesus. I'll tell you one thing. I was playing around my team. I was considering not having Jesus. Imagine I'd have not picked him. Wow, I'd have probably not been on the pod, pod this week, guys. I'll, I'll be honest; I probably wouldn't have been here. Um, but yeah, very much of the same as Mikey. You know, Salah, Salah getting a blank again. 
which I know a certain Mr. Mr. Rubber Ducky will be happy with uh, going no Salah. Uh, shout out to the boys there as well, TT, you know, IBK, uh, Ducky, uh, Tiff as well. There's, there's so many of those guys who, who regularly sort of communicate and, and speak to you on Twitter. So that's it's great to have them on the podcast um, in the chat. And yeah, um, it's just the case for me, 54 points could have been a lot, lot better. And uh, I think that's it. I just look for the best thing to do now is really look forward on on how we can gain ground now because you know this one here, this the silver guy who who was on the on the bench for me, um, that was my own fault to be honest because I I, I did my team so last minute, change, making a few changes with it being a wild card, um, that I completely overlooked even having him in the side. Um, so yeah. Not much to take away from it. It was it was a crap wild card. Let's just put it as, as blunt as that. And uh, game week three is going to bring bring pl- plenty more points, isn't it, Mikey? We're going to get probably close to a hundred, aren't we, mates? Surely the priest can can do something for us. A few good words to the man upstairs, yeah. <laughs> oh, mate, uh, I don't think any amount of prayer can rescue how unlucky we've been <laughs> for, with own goals and red cards the week after our wild card. So, yeah. really, what, what have you done to the team? How's it how's it changing going into the next game week? Well, I haven't Good gone question. for a threemium. I haven't gone for a threemium, I'll tell you that much. I mean, I've enjoyed a bit of, you know, the game we used to play as kids stuck in the mud. Um, but I don't want to be stuck in the mud anymore, I'm afraid, uh, Mikey. So, you can have that pain if you want it with the threemium, mate. You can have it all day long for me. Um, Ivan Tony's come in for Darwin. Um, and I've also brought in Reese James, which... It's 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 a given, really, isn't it? You've you've got to have Reese James in. Why I didn't have him in on the wild card? Um, I'm just going to blame the kids for that. I'm, I'm not going to I'm not going to say anything anything else about that one. Um, but yeah, Reese James is in, and uh, Ivan Tony's in, as we spoke about before. Um, you know, Brentford's great set of fixtures. I wanted to move down to give me more funds in the rest of my team and so on, um, so I can easily. Quite easily upgrade Diaz to Cancelo if I need to. I can upgrade one of the midfielders, um, or I can even upgrade Ward if I, if I wanted to as well. And I've still got Saliba on the bench. So, yeah, yeah, that's that's my moves moving forward into game week three. TT's loving them as well. Brilliant moves, he says. Tony, the template breaker, and we're going to see a lot of people bringing in a lot of Brentford assets. And a lot of people without Rhys James trying to get Rhys James into their teams. I think they're two very astute transfers that you have just made there, Reedy. Uh, and I'm in full support of them. And fingers crossed for you and the Reverend that you know this game week, the uh, the transfers that you make go a little bit more according to plan. Ollie, we'll move on to you now, and we'll have a look at how you went in game week two. When I we pride you, you, you pride yourself, sorry, on beating the average, and you have done this week. 72 points, a brilliant, brilliant score. So take us through your teammate. Yeah, I'm not happy with all of it um, and the bits that I'm not really too happy with, I've tried to change. Uh, Luis Diaz, massive fan of that. I, I said pre-season when we were on with, uh, with Ali, Bruce Ball, uh, that I had a feeling that Luis Diaz would just do something for me. And lo and behold, he's, he's done it. Uh, nine points this week. What a goal that was, by the way. What Beautiful. a goal. What Beautiful. a goal. I'm sure that Reedy absolutely loved it. Just, just doing cartwheels from wherever we were watching the game. It was some strike, um, and I was obviously the beneficiary of that. Um, again, the, the City double-up helping me out. 17 points across the two. Cancelo must have for mine. Uh, Gabriel Jesus, I saw a comment from Chris Elliott before, um, who, you know, when I was talking about captaincy between Salah and now Haaland, 
Gabriel Jesus has got to be considering that too. Um, and just on that, um, you've got we've got Chaz who's not here, but we'll talk about captains later on. So I'm sure he'll give a better insight than I'll be able to do. But it's something I've got to consider. I, I think Salah obviously last season burnt Elliot when he uh, didn't captain him, and I don't want to be burnt like that. So I'm going to go with Salah. Uh, but in terms of last week, yeah, the the big move is Harry Kane. Obviously, got his goal in the last minute. Um, another great game of football, by the way, that Reese James obviously scored in. Uh, so I've gone to Haaland. Uh, and so that's, you know, what I've got to think about. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, you've had a really fantastic week, Ollie, and, you know, you're only building on that, as we spoke about before, some very uh, proactive transfers that you have been making. Uh, we've got a, uh, another legend of the FPL Addicts community, James Gasden's talking about Mittimer from Brighton. And I don't know how much of the Newcastle game you caught, the boring nil-all draw, um, but he was fantastic when he came off the bench. I think he's going to be a brilliant asset to look at uh, at some point. Um, do you know much about him, Ollie? I, I, that's the first I've actually heard of him. He's he's gone through to the keeper for mine. I've never heard of him. Um, is he new sign? Obviously, new signing, right? Yeah, so I think they they signed him last season and they sent him out on loan last season to his parent right. club. Okay. I think it was out in Belgium, um, and he he had Kieran Trippier on a, on ice skates a couple of times when he was playing him. So if you can do that with him, uh, I think he's definitely going to be one that everyone needs to keep their uh, their eyes on and keep their eyes peeled for because he looked absolutely brilliant. Didn't have too much end product, uh, but he didn't really get too much chance to show it. And we know with Brighton, they're the, uh, the XG merchants. They always have about 10 XG every game and they never managed to put the ball in the back of the net. So if he can be that man for them, then I'm sure he'll be a brilliant FPL asset. But um, Damo's also saying, Ollie, that there's not enough Eze talk. Eze and Crystal Palace have had a good start to the season. So, you know, the likes of Zaha, Eze, do you think people should be getting them in their team? Uh, I... I... I've said many times that I quite like Eber Eze as a footballer. Um, again, another championship baller, and I like championship ballers. Um, he's, he's some player, but obviously the injury last season didn't help him. Um, obviously got the assist for Zaha's goal. Um, and I think if he puts a string of games together, there may be um, a point in time later on this season, maybe in a couple of game weeks, where we can't turn him down. Um, obviously, it's quite early in the piece, so he's got a little bit more to, uh, to say, I reckon, on his season, Eber Eze, but Low ownership, one and a half percent under that. He's at the moment one point four percent. He's on, um, and obviously got a fair few minutes in the game so far. Palace's run is a bit Jekyll and Hyde, though. They've got City in game week four and Chelsea game week nine. Uh, sorry, Leicester game week eleven, and they've got. I was going to say United then, but they're they're nothing to shout about, are they? Um, but Eze is um, a potential option, but uh, I don't think I'll be looking at him. But uh, you're you're probably right to bring him up. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, thank you for giving us a little bit of insight in towards your team and your game week last week, Ollie. Uh, you had a brilliant score. I'm sure there'll be more of the same this week. I've got to talk about it. And as much as I don't like to talk about how well Jack's doing, um, you know, especially considering he's not here, we could just move on. But he did have an absolutely brilliant week. Um, he was up there, nearly there for manager of the week. But thank God that he didn't win that. Am I right, boys? Um, we would have been. Yeah, anyway, screwed. so. Uh... <laughs> so 78 points, not really too much to shout about all round. Um, his transfers this week, I think he's taken St. Maximin out and he's gone to Odegaard and he's got rid of Matty Cash and he's gone to Rico Henry. So that's pretty much all that we need to talk about. Um, and yeah, Jack, it'll be he great to see you on the podcast. He's a little differential, doesn't he? Looks he does, he does. He's moved from Saint to, you know, Rico Henry. So he's, uh, he's spicing it up a little bit this season and trying to keep it as interesting as he possibly can for himself. But they, unfortunately, both of those players, Cash and St. Maximin, didn't work out for him. So 
he'll be hoping that Odegaard and Rico Henry can, uh, you know, bring him a couple more points this season. But on to more important things, how I went this week uh, was 60 points, just about above the average. Um, and like Ollie was saying, good in spells uh, with certain parts of my team. And then there were some things that I just wasn't happy about. Um, you know, the points really come from four main players, Trippier, Cancelo, Walker, and then Jesus doing the uh, the heavy lifting for me this week. Uh, and then everywhere else on the pitch, it was pretty much just blank city. Um, you know, not too many people doing anything. Salah with another blank was unfortunate. Neto, Wilson, and the two Liverpool defenders again. Trent somehow managed to pick up a bonus point. Um, not entirely sure. He just gets so many crosses into the box, creates so many chances that the bonus point system always favours him. We said that so much last season. Um, so he somehow managed to get himself a bonus point there. But there isn't too much to shout about from my team, you know, just about scrape the average. Uh, but on to bigger and better things this week for me. Transfers wise, I have already made my two transfers. I haven't had to take any hits because I had two transfers banked. And I've gone from Kieran Trippier to Mark Kukurea at Chelsea. He was brilliant against Spurs. And I'm keeping my fingers crossed that he can fill the uh, the no Reese James void for me. And then it is also Callum Wilson to Ivan Tony. So two Newcastle players out. Hurts me to say, I think we're going to struggle against City and we're struggling against Liverpool. Um, so I don't really want them in my team. But after that, I'm sure they will be popping back in and uh, being a part of my team. But Cucurella and Tony are my two moves this week. Similar to you, Reedy, um, you know, you brought Tony in this week. So do you, you really back Tony in to, to do the business this season so far? Yeah, I think it's a great move. Of course, we've made the same move with the, with the up top and, and we've both brought a Chelsea uh, fullback in. Cucurella, I love love that one as a, uh, some would say, a differential. Um, fantastic. So, yeah, even Tony. I think he's still on penalties as well. Don't think he's got got one this season yet, but I'm sure there will be a few there. And um, I am really, really looking forward to to that Fulham Brentford game. I mean, I don't think I'd ever ever thought myself saying that at any point this season. London um, derby. Yeah. Well, yeah. So I, I just think I just think uh, Brentford will will probably take that game right to Fulham. Um, Fulham at home. That's probably the one plus for them. They look fantastic against us first game of the season. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm ready for um, the the Tony brace um, at least for us, mate. That's 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 the hope. In any way, touch wood, touch wood. Yeah, and we've got another question from Josh, and I'll give it to you, Reedy. He's asking who's going to have a better week: Son against Wolves or Sterling against Leeds? Very, very, very interesting question. Spurs fixtures at home. Uh, they play Wolves. I will will briefly mention that. The head-to-head isn't great against Wolves. Um, this isn't a way to sort of deter anyone away from Spurs assets. I mean, I've got Kulosevsky myself. People have, you know, the likes of, of Mikey there has got Kane. And um, I think you've got Son as well, haven't you? So it's um, it really is a coin toss. I think Sterling could do well against Leeds because, you know, Leeds defence isn't the best we've seen this season. Um, and Chelsea really, really could. Uh, they look fantastic against Spurs for one. Um, they really could put a few past uh, leads. I am gonna though not sit on the fence, and I am just gonna go oh. for yeah. I'm gonna go for Son in this one. Uh, I think yeah, but I think this might be the one where he he does actually he does actually show us um, what he what he's about and what he what he did last season. Um, so it's only a matter of time. So I do expect Son to to grab a goal at least. 
Love it, and he, he needs it. He dropped overnight. He's still in my team. I'm being stubborn with him, uh, hoping in the next two fixtures, he's got two nice fixtures that he can uh, finally do something for Spurs mm-hmm. and for so many people's FPL teams. But um, Mikey, just before we get on to Charlie, uh, his little pre-recorded bits that he's done for us, we've got another question from Tiff. She says, how soon do you think the template will break and who will break it? Will it be Ivan Tony? Well, I was hoping it was going to be Darwin Nunes, <laughs> but, but unfortunately, um, not. I, I think you know if there is going to be players that break the template, it's going to be these cheap players with amazing fixtures. So, one some some of the players that we touched on already are Rodrigo, and Tony. Um, another player who's really cheap with amazing fixtures is uh, Brighton's Pascal Gross. Uh, I don't think we've mentioned them yet so far. So all these three players are definitely players to to be wary of because, you know, obviously um, Pascal Gross has been being brought in by some of the top top content creators out there this week as well. Um, he, in terms of his XG as well, by the way, his, his expected data is really good, and so for five point six mil, you could do a lot worse. I know some some people are stuck with players like Bailey or Neto in their team. And obviously um, we've had Ollie who's, who's already written um, a fantastic article about that. So um, head over to Ollie's Twitter and check that out. And, um, but yeah, I think these, these guys could be some real template breakers, especially if they carry their expected data into their amazing run of fixtures that they're going to have. Yeah, absolutely. I fully agree with what you're saying there, Mikey. Um, I think people like Tony, people like De Silva, you know, these cheap players that have the the green the green flourish of fixtures are going to be the ones that are going to uh, finally put an end to the the dreaded template that everyone has got so far this season. And you know, it's going to be those players like Bowen that you brought in, and you mentioned Nunes. So uh, when the red cards die down, when the own goals die down, I'm sure things will definitely change for you. Um, as I mentioned, Charlie uh, unfortunately can't be with us today, but he has managed to pre-record uh, the review of his game week too so i'm just going to play that for us now boys and we'll be back in a little bit hello boys yes thank you for having me on once again unfortunately i'm really sorry i can't be with you all this evening for the game week three edition but unfortunately life commitments have come in my way on this occasion so here i am with my team debrief firstly from game week two we have a look at it ended up on 62 points which was a better performance compared to the opening game week of 46. Just going through the side very quickly. Leicester keepers, I can't really comment on much, but I am very considerate in terms of is it time to transfer them out within the short-term future or do we wait for a good while? Because it seems where whoever I started with compared to the keepers that are outperforming who I have at the moment are just blazing away with more points. Cash with a blank and it does hurt me to say that he did drop in price so if you back to card surcharges you're the real winners and if you're stuck with him well you're a real loser like me Cancelo was excellent once again I think within the opening two game weeks he's been one of the star performers and definitely the best defender Alexander-Arnold Robertson both against Crystal Palace this is what my game week sort of lent on from a defensive aspect going from a double up And with the last two game weeks has shown that it has come really risky. And 
it hasn't benefited my way to say the least. However, he did get a bonus point somehow. And you do get those performances sometimes from Alexander-Arnold. He gets those little one or two bonus points, even though when he doesn't get a clean sheet. I think his passes are really excellent throughout. And his chance creation is certainly through the roof. We go to Leon Bailey. Yes, from the bench. That may potentially be the final straw. And that's certainly what has transpired from a fantasy price market this week, having dropped in price too. Still unsure. More inclined what to do with him, but just don't know where to. Son with a blank. Saka with a blank, despite Arsenal scoring four goals. And yet again, just on the wrong end of it. And if you're an owner of Martinelli, you've certainly won it between those two at the moment. But one of my highlights from the game week does go to this Brazilian and the new signing for Liverpool back in January, Luis Diaz, with a fantastic strike in the second half to bring Liverpool back into that game. And for a couple of relevant head-to-head leagues, that goal got me over line against some opponents. Erling Haaland, yes, look, just an assist for Man City's 4-0 win. Very underwhelming, to say the least. Heavily backed by many managers worldwide and really could have delivered more. Nonetheless, it's not a blank, but Gabriel Jesus, I know Diaz was a huge performer for me, but he definitely gets my best on ground with two goals, two assists against Leicester City, and it really shows how poor Leicester are still defensively. On the bench, 10 left, 10 wasted, 10 left on the pine. Williams against West Ham, I thought was sensational. And really considering a field spot heading into game week three with Forrest banking their clean sheet. And Andreas Pereira with some credit to make okay chances, but ended as a nil-nil at the Molyneux. We go to game week three now. Now, personally, I haven't put a lot of thought into my transfers at the moment. Nothing is being done only because of how hectic my week is. But I'll give you some insight in terms of where I want to go. For this one, I think Cash and Bailey are most certainly on the chopping list. Don't know which one survives. I'm trying my very best to only use one of the possible two free transfers. Cancelo, Trent. Robertson's another one. He's away at Man United. I'm going to give him one more go, but I'm very wary. If it's yet another blank, I think he could go because you're seeing more valuable defenders, such as the Brentford defenders, but also Reese James, who's performing simply outstanding for Chelsea. Sun stays for now. Probably not the armband on him. I think Wolves is too much of a difficult opponent currently, especially when it comes to Spurs. They do tend to play okay against the North London side. Bakaya sack against Bournemouth. Now, you'd hope he gets a really good return in this game. Otherwise, it's going to be trouble spell there. Luis Diaz away at Man United. You could depict it's an easy fixture. Who knows? Haaland, as it stands, has the armband due to following the 10 million premium price policy away at Newcastle. And Jesus against Bournemouth, who is probably second or third in line in terms of my captaincy. Now, I usually don't break my 10 million premium policy when it comes to the armband, but he may be an exception this time around. On the bench, as it stands, not much has changed. But Neko Williams, right now, is a strong considering, strongly considering getting. A spot on the field because I've really liked how Forrest approached their game after their 2-0 defeat against Newcastle in the opening game week and if he was going on the field he would replace Cash Taylor stays there for now aside from that that's all for my team at the moment
see how it goes and should post my team either through WhatsApp or through Twitter when we get closer to the deadline. But that is all. Thank you, Charlie. Um, don't don't really know who the uh, the Brazilian Louis Diaz is that's uh, joined the league, but um, might might be a new player for Liverpool. Uh, the Brazilian Louis Diaz uh, was fairly sure he was Colombian, Ollie, isn't he? Yeah, well, I mean, I thought so. Maybe he's gone with a nation change. Maybe he's put a put a um, submission into changing nationality to Brazilian. But no, uh, the one I'm aware of is is certainly Colombian. So uh, I don't know what. Uh, yeah, what maybe that mullet is getting in the way of his brain cells brain. and yeah. it's confusing nationalities in there. But you know, we wouldn't take it away from him though. At the same time, it is one of the main features of the podcast. We absolutely wouldn't. And um, that's not all that you're getting from Chaz today. We've still got his uh, captain's corner section. Before we get into that, if you are listening or watching along live or listening to the podcast once it has been finished, make sure you're giving our video some love with a like, rating, review or a subscription as well. Um, Otherwise, Charlie is going to be sad and he'll have to shave his mallet off. If we don't get enough support, that's what Charlie's going to do. And you don't want him doing that because he prides himself on his mallet. Um, and he prides himself on his captain picks as well. So we've got the captain's corner with Chaz coming up now. Welcome to captain's corner. This time for your game week three edition. I am Charlie Roberts. We go straight to the premium options. And in this game week compared to the other ones, there are fewer, there are more options. But we'll start from where we usually belong. We start with the City duo who are both away at Newcastle. And it's a combination of Erling Haaland and Kevin DeVorna who are both going to be mentioned. Both of those two players are the only City players having registered attacking returns in their opening pair of fixtures so far this season. And Kevin DeVorna, he has the most points of any player priced at over 10 million after the two game weeks. And Erling Haaland is looking to perform and in more ways than one, bounce back after his underwhelming sole assist against the Cherries last time out. Kevin De Bruyne does also hold a respectable record against Newcastle over years, dating back to the 2015-16 season, with his two goals and six assists in his eight league games he has faced him. Second in the queue, he's usually featured wherever you may be, the, Egypt, the walking Egyptian in Mohamed Salah from Liverpool. Now that we've put the game with two cursed past us, we can focus on a favourable fixture for him in game week three. And his stats from last season truly back that up. In his two appearances against Man United, Salah's managed to score five goals and two assists. This included a hat-trick at Old Trafford last season in their 5-0 win last season in October. Despite him only returning in one 45-minute half of a possible four he's featured in, he is still able to fire plenty of shots and muster heaps of chances. He's still ranked inside the top 10 for both expected goals and assists with an XG of 0.93 and an expected assist of 0.99. Those stats are in thank you to fantasyfootballpundit.com. Harry Kane, next in the queue. Now, in the past, we could sort of tell that Spurs isn't usually the most favourable fixture for them being against Wolves. But for Kane, he's done he's fared okay against him in the recent years. And he was the most transferred out player prior to game week two. And he managed to score more than the most transferred in player in Erling Haaland. He 
And this was thanks to his 96th minute winner. So that's what he said in his press conferences. I'm in the equaliser. There's an equalising goal, which was virtually in the last kick of a game in a two-all draw away at Chelsea. And three of Tottenham's next four fixtures are rated two in the fixture difficulty ranking. This is not a bad time to captain him. However, when I when I mention more captains after this, you may think again. Gabriel Jesus. Don't mind the long pause there. Fourth on line. He's not quite a premium price, but he is owned by three of every four fantasy managers in the game. If you go against him, it is seriously at your peril. And he's right now got a 77% ownership. His campaign got off to a flyer last game week with two goals and two assists against Brendan Rodgers' Leicester City, which ended up him with 19 points. And along with his much-rewarded three bonus points, he was somewhat unlucky not to get any in the opening game week. Gabriel Jesus has the equal most bonus points within the BPS system, alongside with Rodrigo from Leeds United, each with 72. And Bournemouth away presents an excellent opportunity for an already impressive start for Arsenal, with the Cherries having conceded four away at the Etihad. Fifth in line, a a point of difference, a defender. And you'll know why when I mention how he fared against his opponents from last season. Giao Cancelo for Manchester City. And with his tremendous start to the season, there is certainly reason as for why I am mentioning him. In both of his league appearances against Newcastle last season, he managed returns from both ends of the pitch. This included an 18-pointer away from home back in December in what was a heavily reduced game week 18, only featuring four games. And to start the season, he's already kept a clean sheet in both, alongside an assist in game week two against Bournemouth. And with these sublime returns thus far, it has made him the second highest scoring defender in the game. Only Newcastle's Fabian Cher has more than him. There's your captain's corner for this edition. All the best for your armband. What an absolute legend that Charlie Roberts is. Uh, he's given his captain picks to us for the week. Uh, was liking it towards the start, and then he started talking about how much Man City are going to dominate Newcastle, and I was you know, considering turning it off, boys, but um, the community probably needs to hear that just a little bit. But uh, not too much, Charlie. Uh, not the biggest fan of your captain picks this week. Very Man City-centric, uh, and also you know, the, the obvious choices, the Salas, the Jesuses. So it really is, you know, a... Uh, a, a shot in the dark at who is going to be the best captain pick this week. I don't think we've really had this dilemma uh, so far this season, but so many players to pick from. So it's going to be interesting to see how that one goes. That today does bring us towards the end of the podcast, though. We don't have anything else to add. If you boys don't have anything else to say, you know, any final closing words, any words of wisdom before game week three, you are more than welcome to uh, to do it now. Quick buzzer beater from Quentin. I reckon we address that first. Absolutely. Um, Your, it's yours, Ollie. KDB, Tony, Harlan Kulosevsky. That is a toughie. It's an uh, interesting spelling of Kulosevsky as well. <laughs> uh, a little bit. I would go Harlan and Kulosevsky just by 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 that much. Um, it's close. Obviously, all four are quality players. 
I just think not having Haaland could be a problem, hence why I've moved on him. Um, and I think Kulosevsky, if you haven't got someone like a Luis Diaz or if you haven't got a Son or a Kane, um, you know, what a, no, on the first point, you're covering up your 8 million midfielder and you've got a way into the Spurs attack. I'd go with the first two. That's not a bad one to throw to the panel, though, if we've got time. I think that's an interesting one. Yeah, I think I uh, pretty much agree with what you're saying there, Ali. I think that Haaland and Kulosevsky would just about edge it for me as well. I am bringing in Tony this week, so I do rate him. Um, and De Bruyne obviously has the ability in any game to, you know, really just turn it on. But I think Spurs have got two good fixtures uh, the next two weeks, and then it sort of goes a little bit downhill. So I don't think it's uh, necessarily an easy decision. And I can definitely see the... Oh, actually, I'm talking myself into De Bruyne and Tony now because Brentford's fixtures are brilliant and City's are as well, and I'm not a huge fan of Spurs. You know what? Just to be different and just to argue with you, Ali, I'm going to go with De Bruyne and Tony because I've got to back the man that I'm bringing in this week. So for me, I would say... De Bruyne and Tony. First fair. First fair. Mikey. Mikey. Yeah, I'll, L, I'm afraid I'm with you on this one, KDB and Tony. Not because of any particular preference, but just or any particular fixture reason. But it's just I think that KDB and Tony out of those four are the two most nailed out of all of them. I, I think Holland and, and Kulosevsky might see a little bit more rotation, whereas I, I think KDB and Tony are a bit more, um, what's the word, T- talismanic for their teams. So I, I think um, if anyone was going to be a minute's risk, it would be the latter two of them. I think that's a fair call to make there. And Reedy, are you going to agree with me? And uh, Mikey, of course, you're not going to agree with what Mikey says. No way, no chance on earth. No, it's a it's a two one for me in terms of that. I've got all all three of Tony Harland and Kulisevsky. I've not got KDB, which oh, I mean, in terms of someone who loves football um, and the eye test to watch someone like KDB do what he does, it's just uh, an absolute breath of fresh air. So, you know, I'd love to have him in my team, but I have to go for Harland and Kulisevsky. I think in terms of what they can do within the minutes that they have, the damage they can cause the teams. Um, I think I think I have to go for them too. Uh, personally, I think you know uh, Harland's just yeah. We'll see him scoring goals again. If he doesn't score against Newcastle, I'd be surprised. But uh, Kulusevski as well can quite easily turn up against Wolves. I think he's the one. If Son and Kane can't quite do it, that uh, that will they'll will get something out of the game. So yeah, I go for the latter. I go for the latter. Absolutely. And uh, before we finish up. Wing L, another you know potent member of the community, has also asked us: Neto to Gross or Mares to Kulusevski or Trippier to Zinchenko, guys. So a fair few uh, in there. I'm not not too sure if it's a you know it's one of the three, but I definitely support the Mares to Kulusevski and the Trippier to Zinchenko. Um, the Neto to Gross, not too sure. Um, never too sure on Brighton you know, attackers and midfielders. Um, I think Gross's minutes are probably going to be, or his position might be changed a little bit as well. Um, he's been playing wing-back for them the past couple of games and he did have a good start against Man United and he was good against Newcastle. But I think that Mitama that we were just talking about before is definitely going to start taking a couple of his minutes. He came on for him in that game and he was absolutely brilliant. Um, so I think I support the the latter two, um, but not too sure about the first one. Just quickly, Matoma was on for Trossard. Wasn't he? I'm, I'm getting confused between Trossard and Gross. Of course I am. They're basically the same player. Um, yes, he was, because Trossard's the one playing wing-back. Gross is the one that plays uh, 
attacking midfield. Of course, he does. Forget anything that I said. Um, I st- I, <laughs> yeah, I'm I was just going to say, um, I'm definitely with the first transfer there. Although, if you are scared about Pep Roulette, then, you know, Mars to Kulu. I, I think I agree with Rubber Ducky as well, what, Ruffy's, what he's saying about the idea that Kulu could be rotated is, is a myth. Um, but I, I do think that maybe going towards the, the Champions League fixtures that are that will be coming up in a in a few game weeks time, I think we could, you know, Spurs do have a bit more squad depth than they used to, especially last season, going into the Champions League fixtures. So, yeah, I, I'd I'd say one of the first two. It's a toss up between them. I, I think people selling Trippier might just be making a mistake. I think he looks amazing. I, I just, just bench that. him. Just bench him for Man City, man, and then bring him in the game after. You know, we we've got players like Patterson, Nico Williams, Andreas, the Silver, that you know we can have living on our bench and just bring them in for one game. Um, I I think um, you know, not to try and scare you too much, El, but you know, I I think if if I had Trippier, I would be keeping him personally. If I was blessed enough to have Trippier. He'd, he'd, he'd be on my bench this week and I'd be playing someone like a Patterson or a Nico Williams. You've just completely made me realise that I could have held Trippier as well because I'm obviously, I'm not too sure what the situation with Pereira and his injury is. Um, you know, he has got that little flag um, on there, but I'm pretty sure he's a 75% chance and he's probably going to end up playing. Um, but I, I do still back my swap to Cucurella. I think that he will do better than Trippier in the coming weeks, but it is a very interesting thought that you've uh, brought up there. And I think Trippier's, you know, got um, 10 to 20% ownership at the minute. So I think there's going to be a lot of people that would uh, definitely take that advice uh, on board. Before we wrap up, boys, we'll do one more thing. We will uh, we will just talk about the uh, the upcoming fixtures for the game week. There's a lot of exciting ones. I'll just bring my share screen up in just a second um, because the fixtures this week there are a couple of really really good ones in terms of like an FPL talking point and then there's a football sense as well so Reedy we will swing to you first mate and we will uh, go through the fixtures so which one pops out to you Uh, for me the standout fixture has to be Arsenal uh, v Bournemouth Uh, I think that Arsenal have looked absolutely fantastic um, at the beginning of the season Leicester, they just absolutely pummeled them, even though they did leak a couple of goals against them. Um, but everyone's on the on the Gabriel Jesus train at the moment, 78% and rising. Um, so he's a serious contender for captain this week. And Gabriel Martinelli has looked, uh, looked brilliant as well with his two eight-pointers. So that one for me is the one where I think that Arsenal really, really are going to um, throw everything at Bournemouth. And uh, I do expect a lot of goals in that game. So uh, that that one for me is the, the kind of pick that I'd go for. Love it. Love it. Yeah, what about you, Ollie? Your pick of the, the town for the fixtures this week? I'm going to go Spurs-Wolves as an early kickoff. Uh, partly because it is an early kickoff and, you know, they're easy to watch. So it'll be good to get, get a watch of, of these players. But also there's a lot of players from both sides I think we've gone with early. Uh, Son, Kulisevsky... Uh, from a Spurs point of view, you've got your Nettos from, from Wolves. Um, I think there'll just be two sides that will go at each other, and I'll uh, I'll leave the uh, you know one of the later games on the Sunday, Elliot, for you. I reckon. Oof. Well, it's going to go to Mikey. I was going to go to Mikey first, um, and I'm pretty sure I was going to say that no one has taken 
uh, one of the games first that I was thinking of. But Mikey, what is your pick of the week for the fixture? My pick of the week for this fixture is is a, it's quite a boring one actually. Um, it's it's Everton versus Nottingham Forest. I think just from an FPL sense, it is the battle of the 4.0 defenders. You know, and um, that we're going to see um, who is going to be the best one. I think uh, Tiff as well. Shout out Tiff in the chat is is asking Patterson or Nico Williams. I think um, with Everton's addition of Onana, we're hopefully going to see, well, just in terms of me being an Everton fan. What's his name, see, Mikey? Yeah. Onana. <laughs> What's his name? <laughs> I have to. I have to. I'm sorry. Brilliant. Yeah, yeah. Shearer. Shearer. <laughs> yeah, the, 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 the 4.0 defender derby, <laughs> as IBK says, which is brilliant. Yeah, well done. And and I personally, um, I'm really hoping that the addition of you know Everton's new number eight midfielder is going to see some defensive solidity for us. You know Everton haven't played with a recognised defensive midfielder since we sold Idrissa Gay over two years ago. Now we've not had an actual defensive midfielder, so hopefully we'll be a bit more solid. Maybe we'll be getting some clean sheet points. And maybe Patterson will be flying up and down the wing like he has been the last couple of games. Maybe even grab us a cheeky return. We'll just have to see. You're talking a lot up about the Toffees there. And I'm sure it'll all just come crumbling down with Everton as it always seems to do season after season for them. But we'll just have to see for that one. We sat in the box office with our popcorn out. In terms of the remaining fixtures, I think the big ones, um, Man, Man United-Liverpool is obviously the big fixture. I think I can't believe no one's you know mentioned that um, in too much detail there. But I think that is the big fixture for me. And then Newcastle City as well. It's another one that I think is a fairly big game and a lot of FPL assets uh, are going to be expected to do well in both of those ones on the uh, Man City and the Liverpool side. Is anyone tempted to do something a little bit dramatic in the Man United-Liverpool game in terms of FPL? What, with a certain Mr Mo Salah, you think? Yeah, potentially. Is anyone is anyone tempted? What like a triple captain? I put it up like that. I wasn't gonna mention. I wasn't gonna mention the TC word. I was tempted um... with the TC, but I don't think I'm gonna do it. I, oh, I, I think you've got to. I want to save it for later in the season, but uh, you know what? <laughs> I'm gonna think about it. I'm, I'm really, I am really tempted to go with the triple captain of Salah against against United. Because he was so good last season in some learning, and it's one of those that if he gets another hat trick, no one's used a triple captain this early. You just rock it up the leagues, don't you? Um, yeah. So just a word know, of warning, though, you know, Ollie, playing you know your chips too early. You know, me and Mikey know too well now, don't we? Yeah, it can't always played, go to plan. You just played your wild card. That was, yeah, you know, yeah. you, you I mean, as well uh, as well as that to build a team, and you and you, yeah. you throw it all away after one month. <laughs> So, well, as well as that, though, yeah. where Ollie people played the triple captain for Haaland last week against Bournemouth, and, and look what happened with that one. So, um, well, oh, yeah, uh, I, I think one of the things that we need to recognize in FPL is that there's always exceptions to the rules. You know, sometimes we always say, Oh, well, let's you have to definitely captain a double game week player, and then you know, we saw last season with players like from Watford and stuff getting the armband. And stuff like that. I, I think you know if Dennis, uh, yeah, he's exactly. Back. You know, he's back. I know, if, if, argue in favour of the triple captain. I think you know Liverpool are one of the best in the league right now for expected goals. 
Um, and I also think, you know, sorry, Jack, if he's watching, but Man United look absolutely shocking. They look an absolute shambles. And it looks like it's a possibility for a perfect storm of one of the best attacking teams versus a team in absolute free fall. Yeah, the one thing, the one thing I would say that puts me, the one reason this is going to sound really weird, but go with me. The the one bad thing about Captain Salah is because of the four 0 defeat to Brentford, I think United are going to respond. I don't think they can play as bad as that the following week. I think it's a bit of reverse psychology, um, and the reason why I'm saying it is that you know, in you know, in the Championship for us, Reading got beat four nil off off Rotherham and turned us over three nil. It's one of those you can just you, football is a game you cannot predict. You cannot predict it. Um, and I, it's going to be an interesting one. I don't think I'll play it. Um, there's an interesting comment about not playing your chips too early. Um, slightly more, uh, what would you call it, colloquially or euphemistically. Um, but I, I, I'm, I don't think I'll play it, but I've put it on record to say that I'm contemplating it. So if you don't play it, you're a loser and we're going to ridicule you next week on the podcast if Salah scores a hat-trick. I mean, if he scores a hat-trick, he scores a hat-trick and I'll take his 20 points and run. But you can do that if you want, mate. I can't stop you. But he's definitely going to have the armband for you, yeah? Uh, yes, he will. I'm going to lock that in now, he will. Well, by the, the reverend's mentality, you can only triple captain one player. So you might as well triple captain Salah this week. I... God, stop Stop trying to play me into it, Al. <laughs> I could be doing you a massive favour. I could honestly be doing you the biggest favour. He's absolutely to do gone fishing here, and he's caught a big one. He's caught a big one. <laughs> oh, God. What absolutely. are we going to do? I should do a poll well, on, this, on Instagram, say whether I should play it or not. Everyone wants me to play it, because everyone wants to I think the big moment. I think the decisive vote should be uh, coming from this man, who's just made a, a little cameo. It's Charlie Roberts joining us live from the train station in Melbourne. How are you doing, Charlie? <laughs> Yeah, we're good. Thank you, Elliot. Hello and good morning and good evening to wherever you are around the planet. Pleasure to be here. So, Charlie, Ollie's talking about potentially playing his triple captain this week. You are the uh, the captain maestro. We've had your captain picks this week. Do you reckon he should triple captain Salah this week? Whatever you're smoking this week, Ollie, I'm not having any of it. <laughs> Come on! That's, the best way to put that's, it. Not, that's not a bad no. call. That's not a bad call. I'd say wait, wait, wait it for not a double game week. week. This week and this week only, I preferred when you weren't on this podcast. I didn't think I'd be saying that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, mate. Got a yeah. triple How's captain style this week. It was yeah. good, mate. It was good. We're just about to wrap up. So uh, as, as long as there's no oh, more yeah. live comments from anyone, um, we'll, uh, we'll end it there. And we thank you all for your continued love and support. Had a lot of questions coming through today. So we, uh, we really do appreciate that. And now we obviously love giving out the best advice that we possibly can. That's why I generally try and get Reedy and Mikey to answer the questions and uh, steer clear of Ollie as much as I possibly can. But we will join you this time next week again. Fingers crossed yeah. with a buttload more of FPL points uh, banked for you this season. But until then, take care, stay safe. May all your FPL dreams come true for game week three. Bye for now. Bye.